Thank you for listening to the One City Church Podcast. We hope this resource inspires you and equips you to walk in everything that God has for you. In 1947, a young shepherd boy tossed a rock into a cave near the Dead Sea. He heard a crackling sound and investigated. To his amazement, he found clay jars filled with papyrus and leather scrolls almost 20 centuries old. Tens of thousands more scroll fragments were discovered in nearby caves. These treasures had been preserved by a Jewish sect called the Essenes before the Romans destroyed their settlement in 68 AD. The Dead Sea Scrolls contain most of the Old Testament books, including two full copies of Isaiah. In biblical times, valuables like sacred parchments, money, jewels were often placed inside cheap ordinary clay jars to safeguard them and then to pass them on to future generations. Unlike their costly contents, there was nothing fancy about these clay jars, which were made from sand and cracked easily. They were common, unattractive household vessels chosen to steward an enduring treasure. If you have your Bibles this morning, go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We'll pick up one single verse, verse number seven. I'd like to read it to you out of the NIV. It should be on the screen. The Apostle Paul, writing to the church at Corinth, said, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Let's title this treasure in jars of clay. Father, I ask you to bless the reading of your word as I dug this out. Let us today dig it out and understand. And may you speak to every heart. I pray it in Christ's name and everybody said amen. Amen. We've said this before, common people doing extraordinary things. Common people doing extraordinary things. I want to read this to you again. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, but I want to read it to you in the Passion. Again, Paul said, we are like common clay jars that carry this glorious treasure within so that the extraordinary, extraordinary overflow of power will be seen as God's and not ours. During Jesus' day, as I just read, it wasn't uncommon for men to choose the most unattractive clay jar to conceal their most precious treasure inside. The most unattractive clay jar to conceal their most precious treasure. Three simple points this morning that I want to pull out and then we're going to pray for you. Number one, God uses ordinary people to accomplish extraordinary things. God uses ordinary people. Now, I've said that to you a thousand times. I'm going to say it again. God uses ordinary people to accomplish extraordinary things. Acts chapter 4, verse 13 reads, When they saw the courage of Peter and John 
and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. They were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. You see, ordinary men with courage have greater reflective properties. Ordinary men that have courage, the courage to stand up. Ordinary men and women that will dare to stand up have this reflective property, this reflective ability. They have the ability to reflect the image of Christ. They have the ability to reflect the glory of God that resides within because they're never in competition with it. Think of that. They have the ability. They're not trying to draw attention to themselves. They're not trying to focus on themselves, but they have reflective properties like a mirror. They have the ability to reflect the image of God that's within them. Listen to this statement. Ordinary men and women doing ordinary things with courage can have extraordinary impact. Rosa Parks did this on December the 1st, 1955, when she sat down in a bus where she wasn't welcome. Just an ordinary thing that had an extraordinary impact on our world. Think of that. When ordinary people do ordinary things with courage, they can have an extraordinary impact. I say that because most of the time we're always looking for that extraordinary thing that we can do. But you never know the impact you're going to have when you stand up with courage to do something ordinary. Just an ordinary man or a woman who does an ordinary thing with courage. Think of that. You never know the impact that you're going to have on someone's life. You never know how you're going to change the course of events. A simple word of knowledge, a prophetic word, a word of encouragement, working with a child, serving in a church, helping in your community, extending your hand to lift someone up that can't help themselves. You never know the impact you're going to have. Can you think back in your life? Can you remember when you were in a season of your life when it was challenging and someone called you, someone gave you a word, someone called and said, God awakened me last night and told me to pray for you. Can you remember a time when just it seemed like an ordinary person doing an ordinary thing with courage had an extraordinary impact on your life? I've said it to you many times about raising children. Never underestimate the silent influence of example of doing the right thing at the right time. I've just set an example for others to follow. We're always looking for that grandiose moment. We're always looking for that big, that big scene. And you need to quit looking for those big scenes and you need to get up every day, an ordinary person, doing ordinary things with courage, believing that you'll have an extraordinary impact on somebody's life. Just a little woman just a little woman in Alabama sat down on a bus and did what man said she could not do. And she had an extraordinary impact. God uses ordinary people to accomplish extraordinary or extraordinary things. These guys were just ordinary men. Look at that. Just ordinary men that had courage and they astonished the leaders of their day. The second thing 
I want you to see is that extraordinary, extraordinary things happen from the place of overflow, overflow. Now, we saw this in our text. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, he said, we're like common clay jars that are holding this glorious treasure, but there's extraordinary overflow of power. So the first thing is, is we see that we're common clay jars, just common, just common. But number two, we see that out of this comes an extraordinary overflow. Extraordinary things happen from the place of overflow. The word overflow in the dictionary means to flow over bounds, to fill a space to capacity, and then to spread beyond its limits, to flow over the bounds of the the, the vessel, and then to exceed or to spread beyond its limits. Extraordinary things happen beyond the boundary of your limitations. Listen to me for the common people in the room, for the common people that are watching online, for the people that feel like I'm just a common guy, a common clay jar. There's nothing extraordinary about me. There's nothing extraordinary about my life. Just listen to me. If you fall in that category like these apostles did in the book of Acts, just ordinary men that did extraordinary things, if that's you, then hear me. You need to know that extraordinary things happen beyond, beyond the boundary of your limitations. If you say, Pastor, I'm limited. If you say, Pastor, I'm, I'm, I'm limited in what I can do, then you need to know that the extraordinary things that you're looking for are really beyond your limitations. It's when you stop leaning on the arm of the flesh and you lean on the arm of the Lord. When you get to the place where it goes beyond the boundaries of your limitations, beyond the boundaries of what you can or cannot do. When it gets beyond that, that's when God really begins to show off and shine. I've said it to you many times. If you could do it by yourself, it's probably not worth doing. You've got, to get, you've got to go beyond your abilities. You've got to get beyond the boundaries where you're limited. Beyond that, you've got to go beyond that. That's where things really begin to change. That's where impact really begins to happen in my life and in my ministry. When I've come to the place where I felt like, God, if you don't show up, then I'm in trouble. When I got really out there on the limb, when I had to take that leap of faith, when I felt like if God doesn't show up, then I'm going down. It's like Peter, who was willing to, again, leave the crowd behind and to step beyond the boundary and to step where man never has stepped before. When he was willing to step out of the boat, and to do what the others were not willing to do. When he did that, he did something extraordinary. Something extraordinary. Because he was willing to step outside of his comfort zone. You have to understand that the extraordinary is beyond your boundaries. You've got to be willing to go beyond what you think you can or cannot do. You need to know that extraordinary power is artesian. The word artesian, it's the result of internal pressure. Artesian, as you know, is a constant supply of water produced by natural pressure. 
Now back to our text, 2 Corinthians 4, 7. We're just common, we're just common clay jars that have this glorious treasure within so that the extraordinary overflow of power, the extraordinary overflow of power, you can't help yourself. It's an artesian well that springs up from within. It's something that comes up. It has internal pressure that forces itself out. A man or a woman, as Paul said, be filled with the Spirit. A man or a woman that is filled with the Spirit cannot help themselves. There's this internal pressure that causes the overflow. It just overflows from their life. And that's where you minister from, from overflow. Now, you remember the story. Back in February, February the 9th of 2015, I was at the house and I laid down just to take uh, just a short power nap, just to lay down. I was exhausted that day and I, I just, I laid down. And as I was laying there, I fell asleep just briefly. And then I, I began to come up out of sleep. And I was, as I was coming up out of sleep, I had, you can call it a dream. You can call it a vision. As I was coming up, I saw two things. The first thing I saw was water that was gushing up. It looked like water in a lake just gushing up, just gushing up. Water coming up like a, an artesian well that was underneath and just pushing the water up, internal pressure. And then the second thing I saw is I saw a word, a word in front of me. It was a, at the time I wasn't sure what it was, what it meant, but I saw a word. As it turns out, this is a Greek word. I saw this word. When I opened my eyes, immediately I, I went to the Bible and the Holy Spirit said, look at John chapter 4. And when I did, I looked at the scripture in John 4, 14, where he said, anyone who drinks the water I give will never thirst. The water I give will be an artesian spring, or that word artesian spring can be a word, the word well, or an artesian spring within, gushing up fountains of endless life. The word well, as I mentioned, in the Greek, is a well fed by a spring. Now, look at that word there. See it after, see it in the Greek? See it in the Greek? That's what I saw. And so I knew, and I just knew in that moment that there is a revival that's coming that's going to be an artesian well. And I preach the message, the wells of our fathers. And I believe the next revival will be a, an amalgamation of the previous revivals where wells are going to be awakened within people. Wells are going to be awakened within people. We're asking the question, what will the next revival look like? What will the next move of God look like? And I believe it's going to be God stirring the wells of our fathers. And we talked about uh, Isaac and he, he, he cleaned out the wells of his father. He dug them out and then he dug a new well. And, and, but he, he had to clean out the old wells first before he could dig a new well. And, and I just, I, I, I preached to you that I believe the next revival that the next great move of God is going to be God cleaning out the wells of our fathers and it's going to be a new well that springs up an artesian well that just springs up within I'm here this morning to tell you that we will minister from our overflow the, in, this artesian well that springs up within us that's why it's so important that you stay, you stay filled with the spirit so that when you go out in this world it just bubbles up out
out of you where you simply say, I can't help myself. Because an artesian well, it feeds, it feeds from within. And it literally, a man cannot help himself. Extraordinary things happen when God's power pushes you beyond your limitations, beyond your abilities, beyond your boundary. The, the power of God that springs up within you. And it's an artesian well. We should come to church on Sunday and just say, I can't help myself. When I was a boy, as I mentioned to you before, I used to go up to Fred, Texas during the summertime. And I'd go down to the river bottom with my cousins. They had a camp down there on, on, on the river. And we would go down there and, and, um, and, and on, the, on the porch of that old river camp was one of those old pumps. Old pump. You always had to keep a gallon, a gallon of water next to it so that you'd have a gallon of water to get it started. And, and you'd pour that gallon of water down in there. You'd be pumping that handle and it'd be easy and dry. And you'd start pulling out, pouring that water. And suddenly you'd feel it grab. And there was resistance. And then you'd pump and that water would come out. Cool, clean drinking water. And then you were good for the day. And that's what we oftentimes we have to do when we come to church. It's, we have to take and, and, and we have to pour things into people. We have to pour water into you and, and try to get that pump going and try to get that well coming up. But, but we need to live in that place of overflow. If you, if you come to church on Sunday just to, to get a gallon of water, guys, then, then you, you, you've got to learn how to do this on your own. You, you've got to learn how to stay primed. The church needs to be primed. You need to be primed in Walmart. You need to be primed in Kroger. You need to be primed on the job. You need to be primed in your neighborhood. You need to be primed all the time where that artesian well within you is bubbling up and the power of God is pushing that out of you where you minister from overflow overflow extraordinary things happen when God's power pushes you beyond your limitations I believe the next revival will be this amalgamation of the wells of our fathers that's bubbling up. And there, there are wells in this house right now. In fact, I think that day in 15 when I preached this, I, I, I went through the room and I said, who experienced the tent revivals of the 50s? And I think Leon MacDill raised his hand. Um, I talked about who experienced the Jesus movement of the 60s and hands went up the charismatic movement of the 70s. And then I said, who experienced the Browns revival? And some hands went up. And so I went through the revivals and, and I asked them to come down here and we, and we created what we call a prayer tunnel. And I had these different revivals, okay, represented. And I asked those that were interested to come through it and we prayed for people. I was trying to dig out them old wells. I was trying to clean out the old wells so that they could start a new well within you as you came through that prayer line. We have to clean out the old wells. We have to awaken those anointings within us. Paul said, we have this 
He said, we're just common clay jars. There's nothing about us that would be attractive. There's nothing about us that is extraordinary. We're just common clay jars. But God uses common people to do extraordinary things. But we're just common clay jars. But we have this glorious treasure within. And out of this clay jar comes this extraordinary power that overflows. And people see that this is God and it's not us. Because there's nothing about us that's attractive. There's nothing about us extraordinary. Just a little woman that will sit on a bus. Just an ordinary person doing an ordinary thing with courage has an extraordinary impact. And so we, we see that, that we've got this inside of us. There, and it needs to be awakened. There's an artesian well. And, and, and the pump's going to dry. The pump's going to dry. Listen. The pump has gone dry in America. I remember just the other day I was praying. And uh, I was praying at the house. And I was praying. And I was thinking back on moments here, okay? Moments at Brownsville. Moments in Ohio. Moments in Austin. Moments beyond that. As I was an evangelist, we traveled. And I was just contemplating and remembering the anointings and revival and miracles that I saw with my eyes. Miracles, real miracles, not evangelistically speaking, but miracles. You know, we have a healing service and it seems like everything that gets done, you can't verify. But I'm talking about miracles that could be verified by the doctor. And so I've seen miracles and I was reflecting back and I was saying, Father, where are the miracles now? Where is the anointing now? Where is it? What have we done to offend you? It's like you take that old pump handle and you can hear it creaking. You hear it's dry and there's no pressure. There's no pressure. But I'm telling you, as a boy, I learned, if you take a gallon of water, if you get in a worship service, if you just get in there and begin to seek God, if you just go in there and start praying, if you just start contending, if you just start climbing that mountain, if you start chasing after him, if you just get hungry, if you just get thirsty. Listen, as a boy, sometimes we'd walk into the river bottom. We'd walk in there and it's a hike. It's a hike in there. And when you'd get there, the first thing you'd go is you'd go to that old pump. And you'd get that gallon jug. If there was no water, you'd go down the river and you'd get some water. Because you know that if you just pour water down that old pipe, I'm telling you at the bottom, there's an artesian well. And if you just pour that water, there's some cool, clean, clear, crystal water that's coming. And you can take your hands and put it up there. And you can slate your thirst. If you just put your back into it and just put a little effort into it, I'm telling you guys, there's an artesian well in this house. There's an artesian well inside of you. There's some anointings and, and callings and giftings and moves of God that can be awakened if we'll just prime the pump. And the great thing about this is this extraordinary power comes out of common people. Common people. Ordinary people who do extraordinary things. Wow. 
that goes beyond my boundary, the limitations. I can't, it's true ministry goes beyond what I can do, what I can't do. True ministry, that's where the anointing is. That's where, it's, that's where it happens. That's where the miracle happens. When I'm in a service and suddenly as I've taught you, there's just a, just, just a little opening, just a little opening. And he tells me, Randy, if you'll just, if you'll just go towards that opening. And so you, you step out and suddenly that little opening begins to unfold. And small beginnings lead you to places of enlargement. And so you just step into the moment. But the whole time, see, what you don't know is the whole time I'm thinking, oh, Jesus, God, please come through for me. Holy Ghost, show up or my credibility is shot. It's over. Jump up and say, God's going to heal people today and identify it. Say, God's going to heal people today with diabetes. And you step out there, somebody better get healed. And so, Father, please show up and show off. Please come through for me. But when I go beyond my limitations, when I go beyond my abilities, when I go beyond my boundaries, that's when the true anointing, when nobody gets the glory. But him. Common people. Common people. Ordinary people who do ordinary things with courage have an extraordinary impact. Number three. God uses ordinary people. True, real ministry happens from overflow. It overflows from my artesian well when I just can't help myself. And number three, and the last one, only the ordinary can truly handle extraordinary power. I'm not sure that I flushed this one out the way I wanted to. But we're going to try. Again, 2 Corinthians 4, 7. Look at it on the screen. Common clay jars. And suddenly, extraordinary overflow of power happens. It's beyond their ability. And then number three, so that everybody can see this is God and not us. Only the ordinary can truly handle extraordinary power. The responsibility of the clay jar was to protect the treasure within by not drawing attention without. To protect the treasure within by not drawing attention without. So that when someone walked into the room, they wouldn't pick that jar, that, that clay jar to house a treasure. Just came to me. The second one, Raiders of the Lost Ark, The Last Crusade. How many remembers the movie, The Last Crusade? Looking for the chalice of Christ, the cup that held the blood of Christ. When they made it to the end of the movie, at Petra, looked like Petra to me in Israel, 
They went inside. You remember they were there. The gentleman that was trying to find the chalice for selfish reasons, the fountain of youth, he went to pick the cup of a king. And you remember he picked the one that had all the jewels on it, all the jewels, remember that? And he dipped it in the water. The night warned him, choose wisely. I should have showed that video. <laughs> Dipped it cut. And he drank it. Remember, he began to decay. Listen to me. Pride will destroy you. But when Indiana Jones went to pick his chalice, you could hear him thinking out loud. He was a carpenter. And he picked the most simple, unattractive chalice there was. And the knight said, you chose wisely. You see, only ordinary people can really handle extraordinary power. People that understand who they are and who they're not. Because you see, the Bible makes it clear. Put it, put it back up, Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. Look at this. I want you to see it. Common clay jars, extraordinary overflow of power so that everybody will see this is God and not us. Okay? You see, when we steal the power, or excuse me, when we steal the glory from him, we lose the power. You want to know why most revivals in church history died prematurely? I believe revivals start, and then there's a point where they, there's going to be a shift. You're going to shift. I believe that. But history shows that most revivals, leaders never had the ability to shift it to the next place, to the next level. And most of the time, it's because man gets his greedy little hands on it. He gets his greedy little hands on it. And we want to package it and market it and sell it. We prostitute the revival. The, the reason the anointing comes so many times on men and then it lifts is because men can't handle the anointing. David Ravenhill wrote the book, Who Can Survive the Anointing? You see, the anointing is a dangerous thing to lay your hands on somebody and to see a tumor disappear from the touch of your hand to be able to get up and prophesy and alter somebody's life to have people want your autograph to buy your books people that want to steal your handkerchief people that just when you walk by them in a crowded service they just want to touch you people people that idolize you and suddenly, we move from honor to idolatry. God made it clear that I'll not share my glory with anyone. And when we steal the glory, we lose the power. That's why I say only common, ordinary people can truly handle extraordinary power. Men and women that understand who they are in Christ. I'm not talking about false humility. 
They understand who they are in Christ, but they understand, they understand who they are without boasting. They understand. They understand who they are in Christ, but they also understand who they're not. And they understand who the real source is and who gets the glory. You see, when we steal the glory, we lose the power. And the other thing is, is power is dangerous and we can only handle it with humility. You young people that you aspire to go into the ministry or you want to be used by God and you want the anointing. Listen, you, you need to learn. You need to learn as you get older to put on the mittens of humility. Because if you try to handle that glory, you're going to get burned. If you try to handle that ark, if you touch that ark, if you touch that glory, just remember the story of David moving that ark, moving that ark. And that ark shifts. When God shifts, so here's a side note, and this is a freebie. When God shifts in a church and God's getting ready to do something, you better keep your hands off of it. You got to keep your hands off of the shifts of God. Amen? See, God starts to move in churches and men start trying to steady that thing. Oh, pastor, wait, let's don't do that. Pastor, be careful with that. Don't change this. Don't change that. Be careful. I, I think it's time to shift, guys. Oh, we can't shift. You got to be careful. When, when God starts to shift, listen to me. When God starts to shift, be careful putting your hands on that ark. Be careful putting your hands on that glory. Watch it. It'll bite you. And so we have to be careful as we're handling the glory of God, as we're handling the presence of God and the anointing of God, revival, the moves of God. We got to be careful when things start shifting. Be careful how you touch it. Put on the mittens of humility. Be careful. The anointing is a dangerous thing. Dangerous. Power is dangerous. You see, we need that quiet confidence that's clothed in humility. Put the scripture back up, 2 Corinthians 4, 7. Stephen, come help me. I want you to look at it again. Just ordinary clay jars. That's housing a treasure. Their job is to protect that which is within by not drawing attention without. For people to walk into a room and to think they're the most unlikely person that God would use. God uses the weak things to bring down the mighty. The foolish things to confound the wise, Paul said. Common clay jars. So you see, this message is for the common people, or as we call them, commoners. Commoners. Just people that want to serve and be used by God. Put it back up, guys. Common clay jars. Protecting that treasure within, that glorious treasure. So that this overflow of ministry, this overflow will be seen as God's and not ours. So today's takeaway, an extraordinary life is an ordinary man living it with courage. 
An extraordinary life is living beyond your limitations and your abilities beyond the boundaries. An extraordinary life is understanding the value and purpose. My purpose is to protect the glory within by not drawing attention without. The Dead Sea Scrolls. In 1947, a young Bedouin shepherd boy tossed a rock into a cave near the Dead Sea. To his amazement, he found clay jars filled with papyrus and leather scrolls almost 20 centuries old. Unlike their costly contents, there was nothing fancy about these clay jars, which were made from sand, and they cracked easily. They were common, unattractive household vessels chosen to steward an enduring treasure. Treasures and jars of clay. Why don't you stand with me? I'm going to open this altar. I believe there are some common people on this, in this, this room and, and online, just common people. I've shared with you before, since I was just a boy, one of my favorite songs was an old gospel song by Rusty Goodman called He Chose Me. He says there were so many others he could have chosen, but he chose me. Men that were more powerful, men that could speak better, men that could be heard, command people, people that were smarter, but he chose me. I, it just... It grabbed me when I was just a boy and never let go. I want to open this altar for common people. Common people that feel they're called to do something extraordinary. But you've struggled with your identity in Christ. You've struggled with who you are. You've listened to the crowd. The Bible says that Jesus went to the synagogue one day and he opened up the scriptures to read and he fell, his eyes fell upon Isaiah and he read the scripture. God has anointed me to heal and to, what's the scripture say? To heal and to proclaim good news, the year of Jubilee. So he reads the scripture and then he closes it and he goes and he sits down. And you know how those religious people responded? Isn't this the son of Joseph? How long are you going to allow other people's opinion to define you and determine your destiny? Isn't this the son of Joseph? I'm going to open this altar up for common people. Ordinary people that just want to do extraordinary things but you struggled, we're gonna pray for you. So as we sing, come on common people.
there's an artesian well inside of you that he wants to prime. And we need you desperately because it's from your overflow that ministry really happens. Thank you for listening to the One City Church podcast. For more information about our church, visit onecity.church.